Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Our editor, Matt Gambino, is on assignment, but he joins us in spirit. Well, in our last podcast, we spent some time talking about marriage with Father Frank Berna, a theologian and the director of the Graduate Religion Program in Theology and Ministry at LaSalle University here in Philadelphia. Father Frank teaches and ministers extensively in the area of marriage, and he's worked with couples at all ages and stages of their marriages. And he shared with us how the culture and the church view marriage, and those two viewpoints can be quite different, especially since the culture tends to think of marriage as something only between two people, but it's much more than that. And marriage is actually a blessing to the community and to the church, as Father explains. So let's listen to the rest of our conversation with Father Frank Berna on marriage. What should marriage do for society? Because I did take your course in marriage, you know, (laughs) reluctantly, because I had told you I was engaged once, it was a disaster, and I've chosen to remain single. But I think a lot of it was because I didn't really understand just how fundamental a good marriage is, not just for those who are married and for their immediate families, but for society as a whole. When it works the way God intends it to work, the blessings overflow to everyone, really. Yes, and I like to, when I preach at marriages, to remind the couple that they're a gift to the church. And I say to the congregation that we're really blessed to be here today because this couple is vowing, and what we see today is what they're vowing, to be a sign, a sacrament, a symbol of God's love for us. And how often we need to be reminded that God has this profound love for us. And you know, to use the words of Paul, patient, kind, generous, forgiving. I like to go back to a keen insight that is in Humanae Vitae, and that is the two ends of human sexuality. And again, I like to talk about the two ends in a way of Christian marriage, and that is the unitive and the procreative. That human sexuality and marriage is this union of the couple one to another. I sometimes like to say it's the couple looking at each other, but you can't just keep looking at each other. (laughs) You've got to go to work and, you know, you've got larger family and you have children. The procreative, which Yumane Viti is talking about, you know, the, the birth of children. But even when the couple's too old or the children are raised, the procreative has to stay in terms of how is your love enriching the lives of other people so that the couple, you know, kind of turning away from each other and toward the world. And so that, again, as this sign, as it's some, how do they reach out to others? And, you know, it's, it's their married love that sustains them in reaching out. And they might reach out together. You know, so a couple's kind of ministry, if you talk about, you know, taking communion to the homebound, an extraordinary minister, they can go as a couple. And that's where sometimes as church, we don't, we just don't think like that. You know, I have a brother who's a permanent deacon, but before he was ordained and he was taking communion to the homebound or hospital visitations, uh, take communion on a Sunday. And his four children, they would just ask, would anybody like to go with me today? And every once in a while, one of the children would like to go. And so often, you know, we don't think of church ministry as being a family ministry. And that's another way where I think that we could uplift marriage or hold up marriages, something really important, that it is a gift. I think that if you think like 
like somebody taking communion to somebody in a nursing home. What a wonderful thing if, you know, the woman's able to bring one or two of her children and that the old folks who maybe haven't seen youngsters in a while, you know, that are children or grandchildren live far away or they're grown and just to be there. You know, it's uh, a gift, you know. To connect people through the experience of ministry to the human reality that they're part mm-hmm. of, yeah. the human family. Yeah. Last question, despite all the depressing statistics, both for marriage and for the church, are you hopeful about marriage in the coming decades? I am. I do find it interesting. The undergraduates that I work with, most of them really do want their marriage to work. And it strikes me as sometimes surprising because a good 50-some percent come from families where divorce is a reality. And they know, some of them will talk about it, but they know that divorce hurts. And it doesn't just hurt the husband and wife. It does hurt the children who've lived through that. And they don't want to have their children experience that kind of thing. And it's interesting, some parents, you know, that are divorcing think, well, they're off in college now, it won't bother them. And I've seen it again where it it bothers them just as much as young kids. And not all of them, and it doesn't say that there aren't some couples who shouldn't be together. When I work with a retrovi, again, we're helping people to try and pull their marriage back together. But certainly there's been physical abuse because we know from a psychological standpoint that there's very little hope that that's really going to change. And you're not in a marriage to get beat up. You're not in a marriage to have your life at risk. So, I mean, there are times when it's, it is good for the couple to say enough is enough. And to be attentive to any children, even adult children, and how they live through that. But yeah, am I hopeful? Yes. And I do think that, again, I prefer that weddings are in church. But the other side that I think of is marriage is a sacrament of secular life. It's saying that family life is holy. Family life is good. Gathering for an evening meal, for supper, that's good. Going to work, you know, to support family, that's good. Unless it's Monday. Unless it's Monday, yeah. That's the... <laughs> so in that sense, if marriage is this sacrament of the secular, celebrating it in a, an appropriate but secular environment, maybe we can make it work. Maybe we can make it work to talk about such beautiful places where people find God along the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. Maybe the grandparents' farm, and they've got this beautiful property, and the place holds so many fine memories for the family, that that could be an appropriate place. You need to get permission, but there's this sense that we want to work with you. I think as church, we can have preferences, we can have theological perspectives, and that, but we also, I think, and this is very much in the spirit of Pope Francis, where are the people at? They're not thinking church. Would be nice if they were. But this could be a way for them to discover church through the sacrament of marriage. Exactly. As soon as you say, let's talk, you can begin to form them, to help them understand what we understand by marriage. And certainly our formation program for marriage can't just be a one Saturday or a Friday night, Saturday, half a day. We've got to be looking at it in our religious education, our religious formation programs in Catholic schools. And we've got to be doing more than teaching the rules. The rules are important, but there's a spirit that we have to have them encounter. And we have to inspirit them with this idea that marriage is a holy reality. It's everyday holiness. That's a beautiful way to put it, a beautiful way to understand Just as we're asking people to commit to marriage, we ourselves as church need to recommit ourselves to the gift of marriage. Exactly. Father Frank Bernard, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you here with us. I hope you'll come back again soon. I'll come back anytime you'd like. All right. It's a standing invitation. Thank you. God bless. 
So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Celebrate St. Rita, the patroness of healing, peacemaking, and impossible cases. The National Shrine of St. Rita of Cascia invites you to participate in a solemn novena May 13th through 21st and to celebrate St. Rita's feast day on May 22nd. The shrine is located at 1166 South Broad Street in Philadelphia. For more information, visit the shrine's website at stritashrine.org. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.